Chapter Twelve of the Sacred Herb by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mrs. Dolly Rover. Shortly after the reference to the unknown lady, Lord Prelis took a hasty leave. There was nothing more to be said, as matters up to date had been threshed out thoroughly between them. Until the inquest had been held on the body of Agstone, and Shepworth's immediate future was decided, no move could be made towards elucidating the mysteries. Moreover, Prelis was mortally afraid lest Shepworth should alter his mind about making him ambassador to Miss Chent at Hyde strong-willed as the young man was when he chose to exercise that same will he could not deny himself the pleasure of being in mona's company if only for ten minutes besides he very much wished to learn if she truly loved ned for by this time he felt sure that ned had no very deep affection for her in his hurry to catch a train to hide Prelice quite forgot his determination to see Mrs. Rover and learn how matters stood between her and the barrister. But the powers that direct the actions of men and the lives that are made by such actions brought about a meeting with the lady almost immediately. After shaking hands with the pseudo-prisoner, Prelice left the flat to find Mrs. Rover arguing vehemently with the constable posted at the outer door she wished to enter and see shepworth the constable pursuant to strict orders was trying to point out that his duty lay in stopping her a point which mrs rover obstinately refused to see i wish to enter she kept repeating it is necessary that i should see mr shepworth and will i do instead said prelice suddenly appearing at the open door dory cried mrs rover giving him the pet name of his youth what are you doing here i am talking to you said the young man shaking hands but just now i have been chatting with ned then why can't i chat with him also demanded the lady prelice shrugged his shoulders ned is allowed to see no one unless inspector burge gives permission what rubbish let me go in and mrs rover in a flaming temper tried to push past the policeman you can't ma'am he said firmly and respectfully adding to the pale parlor maid who still lingered out of sheer curiosity close that door straight away i'll report you cried mrs rover when she saw the door practically banged in her angry face all right ma'am but duty is duty constance constance whispered prelice touching her arm don't make an exhibition of yourself before the servants the man is only doing his duty come upstairs and we can have a chat what about demanded mrs rover swiftly and prelice saw or thought he saw a glint of fear in her eyes well he answered smiling i have not had an opportunity of talking to you since i returned to town so it is natural that i should wish for a short conversation mrs rover who apparently was an extremely obstinate woman paused irresolutely looking at the stolid policeman with a battle light in her eyes but the constable met her gaze firmly so finding that feminine persistence could do nothing in the face of an official barrier she turned away biting her lip 
come upstairs dory she said beginning to ascend i can do nothing with that fool prela smiled at this parthian arrow and slipped a florin into the constable's hand to pacify him for the parting insult then he ran up after the lady and reached her on the next landing you ought to be pleased constance he said slyly you've had the last word i should like to have had the last half dozen she retorted putting a yale latched key into the lock i think that you have even achieved that replied prelice dryly it is extraordinary that women never will learn that the law is stronger than sheer temper i am not in a temper snapped mrs rover sweeping into her flat i never was calmer in my life never 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 i am quite content to believe that said her companion acidly for as constant newton mrs rover had not been noted for imperturbability it was all the better in prelice's opinion that her temperament should be thus fiery as he would discover from her rash tongue much that a more cautious and composed woman would withhold moreover constance and her visitor had been friends for many a long year witness her calling him dory and she was accustomed to speak frankly to him about her troubles had prelice been in england when the stockbroker was courting the lady it is doubtful if constance would ever have become mrs rover and prelice strongly suspected that mr rover found ned shepworth an inconvenient third in his marriage state you are looking very well constance said prelice when the two were seated in the drawing-room which was more gorgeous than artistic i'm not well then i'm nearly worried to death so sorry tell me all about it i'll do nothing of the sort i beg your pardon let us chat about the weather do you think that i have time to waste in discussing barometers she rose impetuously don't know i'm sure replied prelice keeping his temper admirably well then i haven't would it do any good if i gave you a thorough shaking yes it would if dolly shook me i should respect him but he lets me lead him the life of a dog and doesn't even bark much less bite i see you prefer a bulldog to a poodle ned isn't a mrs rover stopped in the centre of the room grew red and could have bitten out her tongue for so incautious a speech what rubbish you talk she said trying to smile carelessly prelice looked at her gravely i hope you are talking rubbish too i wish i were dead and buried whispered mrs rover and once more sat down to burst into violent tears expert in the handling of the sex prelice knew better than to offer a single word of consolation he lay back in his chair quietly watching the progress of the storm mrs rover was going through the usual program of upset woman she had raged now she wept and would shortly be offering an apology for her conduct on the plea of nerves constance had certainly grown into a handsome woman when prelice had left england seven years before she was merely a schoolgirl very gawky and very awkward now she appeared tall majestic and beautiful after the voluptuous style of juno queen of olympus her hair and eyes were dark her features delicate and regular 
and her figure was finely formed even if a trifle inclined to stoutness as it assuredly was prelice had somewhere seen an old print of catherine the second of russia and it struck him that mrs rover greatly resembled the empress although she was undeniably a more lovely woman it was unfortunate that her face should have been marred by a sullen expression hinting at a superlatively bad temper but many people unobservant as most people are never noted this defect they only saw before their ravished eyes a handsome well-bred graceful woman perfectly dressed and quite able to hold her own in the most exacting society yes constance had improved greatly prelice admitted that but he wished to find out if she possessed the same beauty of character as of person from what he had heard and what he had seen he had grave doubts on this point pray excuse me said mrs rover offering the expected social apology in a faint voice i'm rather upset my nerves are out of order the season has been trying and then that horrid ball bowled me over with its robberies and murders not to speak of dolly who is who is oh i don't know what he is do you think it is good taste to discuss your husband with me asked prelice rather tartly you are the only true friend i have in the world dory then you have made no acquaintances since i left england seven years ago constance oh acquaintances she echoed contemptuously rolling her damp handkerchief into a ball i have hundreds of these but a friend oh dory there isn't a single person i trust with a shoelace he or she would not thank you if you did replied prelice smiling a shoelace is not good security for anything that's just it wailed mrs rover dabbing her red eyes with the handkerchief people like one for what they can get out of one but there isn't a soul to help me poor me won't ned asked her companion very deliberately mrs rover darted a keen glance at him and rose to alter the position of her hat in front of the mirror over the fireplace prelice knew quite well that she was watching him in the mirror and carefully smoothed all expression out of his good-humoured face ned repeated mrs rover patting her hair back oh yes ned of course do you think they will hang him she demanded wheeling round rather white and breathing hard good heavens no what put that into your head he isn't allowed to see me the arrest ned hasn't been arrested the fact that he was seen insensible by heaps of people proves his innocence burge is simply detaining him as a necessary witness although i admit that burge is taking a somewhat high hand in the matter don't bother your head about ned constance he'll soon be free to marry that girl mona chint mrs rover clenched her hands and breathed still harder while prelice anxiously watched the effect of his deliberate introduction of the name oh yes she went off into a meaningless trill of laughter she's free isn't she lucky girl for i quite believe that she killed her uncle why do you believe that demanded prelice everyone says so everyone does not say so 
the majority of people think that the verdict is a just one i do myself do you know her no what has that to do with it you won't like her when you do know her said mrs rover spitefully she's a horrid girl i never liked her that's a pity you won't be able to visit ned's wife she isn't his wife yet breathed mrs rover trying to keep her temper in check perhaps she never will be oh prelice spoke with calculated daring and cruelty do you then think that mr rover will die you coward you she broke off what do you mean by that i would rather you explain constance i have nothing to explain did you come here to insult me of course replied prelice rising and now that i have done so i may as well take my leave she seized him by the lapels of his coat before he could reach the door don't go don't go she panted i do so want a friend i'll tell you all you shall know everything if it is against your husband i shan't listen you shall sit down and hear what i have to say prelice was a strong young man but for the moment her feminine strength prevailed and he found himself forced into his former seat i wouldn't say what i'm going to say to everyone panted mrs rover who was very strongly moved but even though we have been apart for so many years i still regard you as my best friend you and i were boy and girl together dory you remember ned also interposed prelice pointedly yes yes of course i always love ned constance what are you saying she rose and beat her hands together the truth the truth i liked you dory i always liked you but i love ned and i shall love him until i die she looked like a tragedy queen prelice grew impatient being a very matter-of-fact young man don't be melodramatic constance sit down and explain quietly with that wonderful adaptability of women at which man never ceases to marvel mrs rover sat down and composed herself with a violent effort when next she spoke it was in so cold and icy a tone that prelice had his eyes been closed could have sworn that another person had joined in the dialogue you know that my father the general was not rich and that my mother was extravagant i was the only child and my parents wished me to make a wealthy marriage so that their affairs might be put right that is my mother wished it for my father dear old man desired me to consult my own heart i did and it told me to marry ned we were half engaged my father was willing in spite of his difficulties but my mother would not consent ned was poor you know he had only five hundred a year of his own and has not yet made a success at the bar then dolly rover came along she stopped and bit her lip while her hands moved restlessly as though boxing her husband's ears what about mr rover asked prelice soothingly then the natural woman came out and she rose in a rage 
i hate dolly like poison she cried pacing up and down the room twisting her hands together he's a horrid stinky little cur who don't abuse your husband constance interrupted prelice impatiently it does no good you married him of your own free will i did nothing of the sort i married him to save my father from going through the bankruptcy court it would have broken his heart dear old father and he would have died dolly knew that i hated him and that i loved ned but he demanded his price like the mean dog that he is my mother was on his side too and i could not bear to see my father suffer i parted with ned and married dolly that is i sold myself on condition that father's debts were paid i kept to my part of the bargain and didn't your husband keep to his no mrs rover stamped violently he paid a portion of the debts enough to avert bankruptcy merely but he left father the worry and of that worry father died my mother has married again a rich man so she is happy and here i am tied to dolly ugh the name while my heart is breaking for ned it is a hard case said prelice sorry for the miserable woman still your self-respect constance that is right preach 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 so like a man she mocked i have kept my self-respect as you term it i am a good wife to dolly although i detest him i have never said a word against him to any one and i wouldn't to you but that i must speak or suffocate i can trust you dory and you understand how i feel and what i feel i love ned i want to marry ned and here i'm tied to-to prelice interrupted it is hard on you constance i admit he said but you must make the best of it you say that you lead your husband the life of a dog of a pet dog of a poodle he's so meek and mild and sneaky that i can't respect him he merely snickers when i grow angry and chuckles how he got the best of me over the marriage by not paying all father's debts oh what is the use of talking i love ned and ned loves me prelice jumped up i can't believe that he declared growing angry for ned is engaged to miss chent if he loves you why is he don't ask questions interrupted mrs rover angrily or if you must ask them go to ned or better still to mona chent herself what can i ask miss chent demanded prelice sharply it's a very warm weather mocked mrs rover and i think there will be a thunderstorm the young man looked at her and saw her mouth set obstinately he knew as well as if she had spoken that there was nothing more to be got out of her for the time being but what she had said made him all the more determined to see miss chent and learn the truth about the engagement to shepworth meanwhile he took the wind out of mrs rover's sails by falling in with her humor it will be a good thing if it does thunder and rain he remarked glancing out of the window it will clear the air mrs rover looked as though she would have struck him 
but unable to parry his thrust, threw herself sulkily on the sofa. Prelis took up hat and gloves to depart, but halted at the door with premeditated craft. A sudden thought had struck him. Constance, he said in a natural tone, I am in love. Indeed, she said indifferently. Yes, with a lady who was at your ball. The remark made her rouse herself, and she sat up with a look of curiosity. Who is she? I want you to tell me that. I could not see her face and very little of her figure, owing to the domino, but she seemed to be so charming when we talked together. This was a lie to gain information that I quite lost my heart. It's easy lost, said Mrs. Rover, curling her lip. The woman may be as ugly as sin under her mask. How was she dressed? In a green mask and domino. Mrs. Rover stiffened, and with a white dress streaked with lines of red velvet. Why do you laugh? he asked, for Mrs. Rover was trying to suppress her mirth. Why? she cried, shaking with merriment. Because I wore that dress and mask and domino. You? Prelice looked horrified. Yes, why do you look at me like that? You? Prelice backed to the door in silent horror. He could not trust himself to speak and finally disappeared, leaving Mrs. Rover petrified with amazement, perhaps with dread. End of chapter 12